and and this is like a, a what if or or would you rather. So one of my would you rather questions whenever I played that with people was, would you rather become a vegetarian for life or vegan for life, or you can still consume animal products, but you had to um, like harvest it yourself, like in any which way. So like if you wanted chicken, you had to go outside and kill the chicken and defeather it and bring it in and cook oh, it. Oh, I'd be everything. a vegetarian. <laughs> I don't know. Hands down. I couldn't do it. <laughs> You couldn't do I it? could almost be a vegetarian now. Well, you know, I I think that... <laughs> I'm one bad documentary away from being a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Let's Boop Snoots. My name is Vero. And I'm Heidi. And today... Hmm. Last week we talked about the. <laughs> was that last week? That, I think that was last week. And now the we're going to talk about the nom 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 nom. Except not the way that you think. <laughs> no. <laughs> that no nom nom nom. No, uh, no, no nom nom nom. We're going to talk about because there was a recent article or video that came out. We are going to talk about the dog meat trade (laughs) (laughs) and rescues associated with each yeah Hmm. but well i can start with a little story yes from this week Mm -hmm. um i am officially terrified of skunks oh yes after all of heidi's stories after all your stories heidi yep so garbage day Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that we still had a bag of compost, like those little brown bags mm-hmm. under the sink and it was full. So on my way out, it's it's now dark outside in, in the, morning. the morning. Yeah. And it was a foggy morning. Um, I always check now to see if there's like a skunk <laughs> nearby when I go outside. <laughs> so I get out of the door and I'm walking towards uh, near the street where all our garbage is and the green bin to put our compost in it. And I see a skunk. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and every time I've seen a skunk before then, it was always like walking very slowly. Like putum, 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 putum. But this one was fast. Ooh. Like the tail was up Ooh. and it was just like brrrm, <laughs> So I was like, oh my God, there's a skunk. And I think it heard me. So it ran across the street. And it was getting further and further. So I'm like, okay, I can bring the compost to the green bin. But then as I was getting closer, it was coming back towards me. Oh, my god. So goodness. I jumped in my car with my stinky compost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in the front yard. And then again, it went away. But then I didn't trust it because it was like super fast. Yeah. So I was like, I was, I'm just going to drive up to the green bin, get out of my car and then throw it out. But by then I had lost sight of it. So I was like, okay, now where is the skunk? <laughs> Sorry, this drive has nothing to do with dogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I get out of the car and I go around my car and the skunk is like right there in the front yard. So I'm like, nope, <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I jump back in my car and I put my compost in somebody else's green bin. <laughs> down the street (laughs) but then when I got home there was like 
I guess it had went through one of the bags. So there was stuff. Oh, no. Like he got into your green bin and oh. Not in the green bin, but in one of the garbages. But it was all like still in one little pile. He got into like the um, the washroom garbage. Oh, okay. So it was like Kleenex and all sorts of fun. They're stuff. so cute, <laughs> the but yard. yes, they're they're terrifying. They're absolutely terrifying because yeah. the stink is just so bad. Yeah, like it's basically like getting like you know, uh, you know, stinked for like it's like a stink commitment for like weeks to come. <laughs> I'm not even scared about the stink. Well, yeah, I'm scared about the stink, but having to deal with it. Well, for me, it's not the dealing with it part. It's the like the fact that you know you are going to be smelling skunk for like weeks to come. Mm-hmm. Like I can still like my 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 dad stopped by to take the dogs for a walk today, and it had been raining for like part of the weekend. And I told him like, don't let Becky go in the puddles. And he's like, well, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> like well there is but whatever so of course becky went into the puddle like the big piggy that she is she like literally lays down like right in the middle of the biggest like oh my god like a pig and um it just like again when you get them wet after they've been skunked it brings the skunk smell like back so even when my dad came back he toweled her off as best as he could but he's like you can really smell the skunk again and i was like yep that's why every time she's gonna be wet it's probably gonna Oh yeah, it's gonna stink. Because like she, I think she got the worst of it in last week's skunking, as my husband told me. He said you could see like the oil dripping off of her fur. So like it was like a full-on skunk blast to the Becky face. But um, yeah. No, it may not be. It is. It is dog related because that you have to think about it every time you go outside or and I do even have them like off leash or whatever. Like all it takes is for them to dip underneath the fence or come out from behind that compost or like if they see it they're gonna chase after especially ralph not not having any previous experiences he's gonna be like friend (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, stinky friend (laughs) i like it (laughs) yeah like scraps the first time although i wonder if you would learn like I'm surprised Becky and Gibbon didn't kill the skunk underneath my like I I kept saying to my husband like you're sure there's not a body down there <laughs> sure there's not a body but there isn't <laughs> like we would be able to smell it by now but oh said, yeah no he he checked very very thoroughly to ensure that there was no skunk carcass because then that would be like secondary stink to like skunk stink <laughs> 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 on top of skunk secondhand got, stink like, dead body stink. <laughs> Ugh, so gross. So uh, gross. All right. So that's my story. That's that's a good skunk story. It's a good <laughs> skunk story. All right. Shall we get right. into let's to talk the about meat, to the meat of it? <laughs> <laughs> to the meat of it. Dog meat. So where did it come from? A little history lesson here, folks. It originated from the Kitan refugees who came into Korea during the Koryo dynasty. So Koryo is a Korean kingdom that was founded in 918. So a very long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It unified and ruled the Korean peninsula until 1392. Now these refugees, um, they were assimilated into the Joseon or Hoseon dynasty which was founded after the Koryo dynasty and was the last um, kingdom of Korea 
Um, so they were assimilated as, I'm not going to pronounce this properly, but Beck Young class, um, the first class of butchers. And it was considered to be the lowest class in the Joseon society. Um, and they were supposed to address the feral dog problem. So most people who now consume dog meat are descendants of this class and are now usually like elderly and poor uh, people. Um, and now there's like, obviously there's conflict between the animal rights activists and then the people that think, you know, well, if you can eat cow meat, then why can't you not eat dog meat? So like one type of meat versus all versus meat. Versus another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's over, apparently there was 200 dog farms that were reported in Korea. So Korea, so a lot of dog farms and 70%, 70 to 80% of the dog meat consumed in South Korea happens over the Baknal, um, which is during the three hottest days of summer. Ooh. which is like the worst for dogs, right? So it's yep. between uh, July and August. Um, and they have misguided beliefs that eating dog meat provides health benefits. For example, this they have a soup. It's called Boshin Tag. Uh, they think it will invigorate the blood and boost energy. And then there's a tonic called Gesoyu, um, and you can find it in a traditional medicine shop. So yeah, so Bucknell um, is the three hottest days between July and August. So, so what is what does the tonic consist of? Like dog product? I don't, yeah, I don't know Something if it's like a, dogs? like a, um, like a broth maybe, like it's yeah. a tonic, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's so weird because I don't know how I feel about this, you know, like there's like lots of different cultures, bleh, cultures around the world that use different things as food sources. And then mm -hmm. there's like a whole socioeconomic and cultural like status like to it as well. Like you're, you're mentioning like, you know what I mean? Like the classes of society and stuff. So it there's a lot of different ways to look at this. And it's true because like if you can't eat a dog then why are we eating duck and rabbit and pig and yeah even octopus like you don't have you know what i mean like there i didn't i didn't realize how smart like octopuses are or octopi <laughs> <laughs> but the, but they are and i learned this of all places on a netflix special about like um a, a food show where this famous chef, David Chang, who owns Momofuku in New York City and now is like branching out with several other chains, is with Seth Rogen, uh, and a comedian and actor in Vancouver, Canada. And they're like, just they, it's this cooking show where they do, he basically picks a city and a, and, a, and a celebrity and they go around to all the places that they love to eat, but also like view different parts of the city. Like it's kind of like mm. a food and culture sort of sort of show yeah so in vancouver city they went to um 
the Vancouver Aquarium, where they had named <laughs> one of the octopuses after Seth Rogen. So I guess like I forget what like the species or like proper name is for octopus, but I think it's called like Cephal something. I'm not going to get this right at all. <laughs> so they named him Seth Rogen was the name of the octopus <laughs> that they got. And she was talking about how they escape from this thing. And I've seen videos where it's like, like they're all like beings with some sort of I don't know. I don't want to say cognition, really, but like they have personalities and stuff. Yeah, like they even... process things, right? Exactly. And it's just like horse, too. Like, I know there's places where horse meat is like, you know, another source of, of food. <laughs> so, yeah, like, where do you draw the line between what animals are for consumption and which ones are not? But anyways, yeah. I digress. I don't know. Um, I digress. But that brings up like one of the points that I was going to talk about where um, I don't know if this happens in Korea, but I read like in China, um, like they have this festival that I'm going to mention later, but people lose their dogs like during that time. Yeah. So they go and like snatch <laughs> people's dogs uh, for this festival. For this festival where they do they like, do they kill and consume like dogs during this festival? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah well that's it's so the good. lychee and dog meat festival in yulin during yes. the summer solstice mm. see and but one thing that i will say like on the topic of like consumption and animals of consumption uh, the different ones that we eat and stuff like that is that it's just like any other place and that there there should be like rules and like laws around Mm -hmm. how how it is handled and when you describe like you know these farms like in the middle of the summer where it's like it basically looks like a puppy farm or whatever where they're not cared for and they're in these cages like like probably dying yeah on, um during extreme heat waves like you just described it's not um i i like i have no vocabulary in my brain today <laughs> it's not humane <laughs> humane yeah it's, well it's not humane and it's not ethical yeah uh, practices when uh, for handling food that's for consumption, you know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Hmm. It's like if I'm just gonna eat dog, I definitely want a free range one rather than. <laughs> <from> <laughs> <dorm>. <laughs> that's terrible. I'm looking at Gibbs, cover your ears, Gibbs. <laughs> Although that's a nice romp roast you got there. Oh yeah, I'm slapping it. His brisket. <laughs> His brisket. I'm tenderizing his brisket with each slap. <laughs> oh, terrible. Terrible. Sorry. Continue. Um, so there's been a decline in dog meat consumption in the last three decades. Mm -hmm. uh, the largest dog meat market called the Moran Market closed in 2018. Mm -hmm. Although some illegal sales were still discovered in 2021. Um, like I said, there was 200 dog farms that were reported. And in June 2018, a South Korean municipal court uh, ruled that killing dogs for their meat is illegal, but hmm. not illegal to consume. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then in 2021, the last major dog meat market has shut down. Now, I, I was looking at like, there was like this video of this, which was just horrible. Um, you know, there's all types of breeds in there. 
Yeah. All breeds. Yeah. And I saw online that in 2015, it was reported that a retriever sold for dog meat cost 200,000 Korean won, which is $100, $180 US dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, so it's lucrative for them too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then September 27th, 2021, which was like just a couple of weeks ago, President Moon Jae-in raised possibility of a ban on dog meat consumption in the country. Ooh. So, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I, and I wonder, like, did, like, I watched the video and I'm not sure, like, what has spearheaded all of this. And I'm wondering if it's pressure from organizations and you know the more upper class like folks of their nations or whether this was like more of a health issue if they're coming from like these farms where they're inhumanely and disgustingly like kept mm -hmm. or like i just wonder yeah. about all of it and i think it could be like some sort of movement i mean more and more people are getting dogs um i think the president himself has a dog like a little dog yeah um so maybe yeah, maybe it's just becoming, you know, they're they're seen more and more as a companion. See, and I think that if they're going to start putting a ban on this, like, again, like, there, there becomes, like, a whole bunch of different variables thrown into this mix. So, like, if dog meat consumption is, like, part of, like, a, like, socioeconomic status where it's, like, literally these, uh, like, poor... Uh, communities and stuff like that that rely on this as like a main like uh food source then you need to support that with social programs or mm -hmm. like different other like sort of like programs so that you're not like literally taking away like one of their hugest like protein sources yeah as much as i love yeah. dogs and everything like that but if this is like there needs to be a, you can't just be like sorry like you can't eat anymore because if yeah. that's all that they're culturally used to like eating but like you know, potentially there's like other factors involved too. Like you said, like the dog meat consumption, if it is declining, is that because some of these cultures are become like, you know, the older generations are sort of like dying out, like as we continue in this, you know, big game of life and that the cultures and practices surrounding that are being like, are dying with them, you know? Here's a question. Mm -hmm. If you had a pet pig, would you still be able to eat pork? Well, this is what I'm saying. I don't know. I think it's like a very like North American thing to like attach to uh, not even like animals, but like items like so, so, so easily. <laughs> like we're like so emotionally attached to like some things like yes and some things no. And it, of course, it depends on like the human beings. Like even, do you remember the IKEA commercial where it's like there was a lamp, a broken lamp <laughs> oh, outside yeah. on the street? Yeah, I think I even yeah. mentioned this before in an episode or whatever. When he's like, "It's a lamp. It doesn't have feelings." <laughs> <laughs> Except with animals, they do have feelings. And like again, like the more you like read or you study or you hear about like different species and like animals out there, it's just like uh, I don't know, like. It's weird how we detach from that when it comes to sitting down at the dinner table every night because, and and this is like a, a what if or, or would you rather. So one of my would you rather questions whenever I played that with people was, would you rather 
become a vegetarian for life or vegan for life, or you can still consume animal products, but you had to um, like harvest it yourself, like in any which way. So like if you wanted chicken, you had to go outside and kill the chicken and defeather it and bring it in and cook oh, it. Oh, I'd be a vegetarian. <laughs> I don't know. Hands down. I couldn't do it. <laughs> you couldn't do I it? I could almost be a vegetarian now. Well, you know, I I think that... I'm one bad documentary away from being a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about it too, but when, when I think about becoming a vegetarian, it's more from the environmental aspect of it. So you know that like beef is like a huge like methane like source, right? Like it's mm -hmm. for me, it's like the environmental aspect of it. So I'm like all about like self-sustainable farms and stuff like that. But that's exactly what I'm talking about in my like, would you rather question, right? So... I, when it comes down to if I had to kill the animals that that I wanted to eat, I, I can tell you right now, a chicken, I believe that I would be able to kill. Mm -hmm. A cow, I probably, I don't think I would. <laughs> I don't think I would. Or a pig. And I don't know if it's to do with the size or like, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, but um, they look they look more like dogs. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's that they look more, but even cows. Like you watch like these videos, and whenever I see these videos that shows that there's like um that they're like they're sentient like beings, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people think like I think for the longest time it was part of all, our culture at least that it's just an animal or it's just an animal, and we like you know it's just an animal, it's just an animal, it's just an animal. But like now, I think that they're not just animals and again so when i see these videos like did you ever see the video where the girls is playing a song on her trombone in front of a field and i think she's playing lord uh, royals by lord and all the cows come running and they're no. just like they like like they love the music so much or did you ever see like the no. videos where it's like a place where they had to keep the cows in all winter long and they're letting them out in the spring and they're literally like like you can hear them like they're laughing happy. and jumping and like they're so happy. Like they're like, yay, <laughs> outside. Just like your dog when you let him outside or like when you take him to the park or yeah. whatever. They're just so happy. They got like the big goofy grins and the tongue hanging outside of their mouths. <laughs> and you're just like, That's not... <laughs> it's like why you do it, right? Like they're so happy. So when I see videos like that, I'm just like, oh man, I eat these things. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. I eat these things from places where they probably don't go outside and run around like happy. So again, like, like going back to like another television show, cause I watch like a lot of food shows and stuff and stuff. There was this one, um, there's a show called chef's table on Netflix. Mm -hmm. That's really beautifully done. It's like, I always describe it as like, uh, um, a cross between the planet earth series and like a like just a really beautifully done like documentary so there was this one episode of this guy in italy i believe and he wanted to become a veterinarian but he was living with a family of butchers his father was a butcher his grandfather was a butcher and but he wanted to become a veterinarian so he left the small town in which they lived to go to veterinarian school was like literally like about to become a veterinarian and his father passed away like very suddenly and the family couldn't survive so he had to come back and essentially take over the the, the butchery and oh he was God. just like he said it was just such a like 
you know, incongruent feeling, right? Like here he was like learning and how to care for these animals and, and, and make them better and stuff like that. And now he's like literally like chopping them up with like saws and like axes and like, yeah. like in these like yeah, horrible ways. And then he, I think he was left a note from his dad saying like, go and see this guy if you're having any troubles with, with anything. So he went to this and it was like this super close friend of his father's that was a farmer and the farmer like literally treated his animals like so beautifully like so beautifully and he would walk with them and he would feed them the best things and he would you know like care for them and like walk amongst them every day and like they were just like he said it's it's about caring for them and then honoring like their sacrifice so don't let anything go to waste so it's it's kind of a gross show but people are like 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 it it shows people who are consuming the food and he literally uses every single part of the Mm -hmm. animal every single so she said that like there's this stew like there was another person from like north america that went to his restaurant to experience this or whatever and she said you know sometimes you just don't look down at your plate because you see like an eyeball or you see (laughs) something like that and she's like but she's like it 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 was delicious delicious food like she like loved every every bite of it yeah i don't know that i would be able to eat eyeballs out of things but i mean like Mm -mm. i don't know (laughs) so I think the way in which we consume meat in North America, obviously, you can watch one documentary that will turn you off for life because it's so wasteful. Yeah. Like, I think there was another documentary just solely on the amount of food waste. So here it is, like, in these huge factories, huge massive farms producing huge tons of methane. It's, like having a huge impact on the environment, all to go to a dumpster in the behind a Walmart one day because yeah. people aren't purchasing it because like the meat isn't red enough or like the you know what I mean and it's the same with everything with produce and anyways I'm I'm, we're going on another non-dog tangent here but all that to say I would be selective if I had to kill my own food that I ate (laughs) I would be selective in the process (laughs) of doing it and I can honestly honestly say that I've never eaten dog but I know someone who has we had this one colleague who used to do travel nursing and uh, she's been to like a variety of different places around the world where they did like you know doctors without borders initiatives and those sort of things and I remember her telling me about how they went to like this one local's house where they were preparing like food for them and so there was this soup like the one you're just (laughs) mentioning and um, so our, this friend of mine was eating it and she was just trying to be like thankful and polite. You know, here's like a combining of cultures and she's like trying to be thankful and polite and everything. And she was eating it and she's like, oh, this is really good. Like, what is this? And the uh, it was in an Asian country. I forget which one. And she said, duck. And she was like, oh, duck. Like, and she was like, no, dog. And <laughs> so my friend was kind of like, oh, God. <laughs> and I, I think I, I remember asking her, and I'm like, what did it taste like? Or did it taste good? And she was like, oh, I can't remember what her answer was. But um, I've had alligator before. Like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten, Vero? What's the weirdest thing I've ever eaten? Um, hmm. I don't know. Does emu count? I feel like I've had emu. But yeah. I, I don't think that that's very weird. <laughs> It can be to certain people, though. It all depends yeah. on where you come from, right? Yeah. But emu is like another animal where, like, all of its parts are, like, consumable in different ways. Like, so you can eat emu and then they're, 
there's something to do with like their skin and like you can use it for like ink. The only reason I remember this is because I was in a course with somebody and you had to tell them yet it was like an introductory like um, uh, exercise we were doing. So you had to choose someone and tell stuff about yourself to them and her family had an emu farm. And she talked about all the different ways in which you can use like emu stuff. I think they use the feathers for like certain things. And then there's like a lot of like weird products that you can make from emu that you wouldn't think that you would be able to. So Hmm. there's something you don't learn every day. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I think alligator is the weirdest thing that I've ever eaten. Was it chewy? It tastes like chicken. (laughs) Does it? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. So I've talked a lot about Korea, but there's other countries that eat dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, So on that list, and I'm not sure if this is a complete list, probably not. um, Nigeria and Mm -hmm. Ghana. It's a cultural luxury and a delicacy. Delicacy. (laughs) Delicacy? (laughs) Yes, it isn't an episode with (laughs) Barrow's vocabulary. Delicacy, yes. Delicacy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, China, which is the largest consumer. So like I said, they have the lychee and dog meat festival. Um, Vietnam. Switzerland. Who would have thought? I know. Uh, (laughs) They eat it in the form of jerky or traditional sausage. Oh my goodness. Dog sausage? Yeah, I guess I so. Wonder, I wonder what it tastes like. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what it tastes like, but like, is it like, like a strong meat? Yeah. Like, is it, is gamey? it like deer? Yeah. Deer or like bison? Yeah. Ooh. Should we go um, out and taste dog somewhere? <laughs> so we can <laughs> let the listeners know. Experiment. Um, there's also India, mm-hmm. Indonesia. And in the States, um, the sale and consumption of dogs and cats are legal in Pennsylvania. What? Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. My Lord. If there's anybody in Pennsylvania who's had dog before, let us what know. does it taste like? Yes, <laughs> let us know. Does it taste doggone good? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, throw me a bone here. (laughs) Terrible, terrible jokes. Terrible, terrible jokes. (laughs) Yeah, I I, like I wonder it's I think that there's like a lot of um, biases and assumptions here, too, because I would have never thought some of those countries that you mentioned, like when you if if you randomly pulled strangers on the street in North America, or even in the city where we live and said, name me the countries where they eat dog. I bet you like Sweden would not even like be on the list. For, yeah. Like, most people. Switzerland. I think, or sorry, Sw- Switzerland. Because it's not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes my study. <laughs> but um, 
I th- like I I'm gonna be honest here in my bias and I just assumed it was just Asian countries I knew it was like China like you hear about it all the time like um, yeah and you hear about these rescues and stuff like that which we're going to talk about next but I just assumed Asian countries I knew it was like the Philippines and China and like Japan I'm pretty sure too they eat dogs there and yeah I knew Korea did for sure but uh I wonder if this all stems they- from like those Kitan refugees Meet, that well, came into uh, Korea and then from there, you know. And that's what I wonder too. Like you assume that like it's it's third world countries, but uh, Switzerland is like literally like <laughs> not like the opposite yeah. of a third world yeah. country. And um, you said Africa too, right? Yeah. Yams. Yeah. Who well, knows? It's, it's weird that like in Africa, it's a delicacy. Whereas, like in Korea, it's like the it's lowest like the poor, class yeah. of food. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Hmm. About it, interesting. The differences are interesting. They are. Yeah, I think like if I was like, I probably would have tried it out of like respect. If like I'm visiting a country where somebody's like literally making something for you as like a here's our culture and like try some of this, I would probably try it. I would apologize to Gibbon and Becky when I got home. But again, do I like go and apologize to like cows at the experimental farm every time I have beef? No, no, I do not. No. <laughs> but um, anyways, some of these, uh, did you have anything else to say? Girl, no, that sorry, was Before it. I move on to some of these organizations. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a reverse barrel problem there. <laughs> organ organizations <laughs> oh uh, my god so we have to I, make a organization a organization <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious <laughs> we totally should um so when you google organizations that rescue dogs from dog meat uh industry there are literally a whole bunch of different ones out there I found this one website where it said five organizations working to rescue dogs from the meat trade. I think there like there's a lot of them that just do animal rescue on the whole and that they participate in like dog meat rescue initiatives like on top of like what they regularly do as an organization. But these top five here seem to look like this is like their sole focus. So the first one is called Soy Dog Foundation, not soy as in soy sauce. It's S O I. And <laughs> It's a uh, nonprofit organization um, with a mission to improve the welfare of dogs and cats in Asia. Hmm. And uh, they've been working to end the dog meat trade. So I think when it comes to an organization that sole focuses on this, I think it's not only just going to rescue the animals. I think it's petitioning and doing a lot of like um, work to sort of Tr- uh, change the laws on dog meat consumption right yeah. which is, could be the reason for a lot of these changes uh coming which is probably like a huge victory for them so great work peeps they're just all but, crammed in there eh? yeah and the pictures all of them also when you google this everybody be prepared for some pretty like horrendous photos because it's mm-hmm. not a pretty sight and it, it and it's just like any it's like I wonder if like there's documentaries in these countries just like the ones that we watch where it's like this is where your food's coming from and people are like that's it I'm going vegan (laughs) (laughs) that's happened to like so many people that I know yeah 
Um, so the Oof. Soy Dog Foundation, yeah, like I said, not only um, works on rescuing, they work on um, groundwork to make bans on the trade and um, change the laws around dog meat consumption. And all of them are, like, for the most part, nonprofits. So whenever you visit their websites and stuff like that, like, one of the first big things that you'll see is, like, a donation, a place for mm -hmm. donation. Yeah. So the second organization is called Humane Society International. And um, they're one of the most uh, prominent animal welfare organizations. Um, and they've been on the forefront, they claim, to ending the dog meat trade. And they help train officials to help improve the enforcement of laws. And they work with, like, different groups and stuff like that on the ground to provide veterinary and shelter care for rescued animals. And they also raise global awareness of the suffering involved in the dog meat trade. Oh, God, these photos are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're really, really awful. This is why I don't watch the documentaries, because I have to say, like, although I, I am making efforts to cut down my meat consumption mm -hmm. again it's like an environmental like impact more so than like anything else because i'm kind of in agreement like what we were discussing before like who's to say that you can eat one animal and not the other like if all of a sudden there becomes this huge trend worldwide of you know about ducks <laughs> is it going to be like banned duck consumption can you yeah. imagine can you imagine the french cuisine industry they would be they wouldn't have it man <laughs> my duck confit <laughs> my duck confit my foie gras <laughs> <laughs> <Dites> alors. <laughs> um okay sorry i digress again the third organization is called animals asia they are a guess what non-profit organization uh based in hong kong and they uh, tried to attack the dog meat trade from multiple angles. So they provide funding to a bunch of different animal welfare groups in China who are on the ground rescuing dogs and cats from the trade. And they participated in a four-year undercover investigation into the dog meat industry in China and uh, uh, uncovered large-scale breeding facilities in the country uh, that were being bred for meat and they investigate a whole bunch of different things to help raise uh, further public awareness around this issue. Wait, wait, wait. It says, sorry. Mm -hmm. It says they uncovered no large scale breeding facility oh, facilities in oh, the country, sorry. meaning that meat dogs are often companion animals stolen from their homes or stray dogs. Oh my God. You're right. I missed that. Damn. So just like you were saying, so if they didn't like, yeah, if there's not like these huge like breeding firms and stuff like that, then they are stolen animals. So that's another thing too, is like, like that's really not cool. And it makes no. it even more sketch because it's like one thing if like you're breeding them like on a crappy puppy farm for, for meat or whatever, but to like steal people's like companions, like that's, that's messed. Not cool. Not cool. Stealers of dogs for meat trade. <laughs> The fourth one is called Change for Animals Foundation, and it is, they're based out of the UK and an organization that is trying to end the dog meat trade in Asia and Indonesia, Vietnam, and South Korea uh, through ce celebrity and public awareness campaigns. So Change for Animals has worked closely with the Humane Society 
uh, group that was mentioned first in closing multiple dog meat farms and helping to rescue hundreds of dogs from terrible conditions. So good for them. Yeah. Look Puppies. at this. Yeah, look look at this next one and the masks these people are wearing. They oh, look yeah. like foxes though. Ooh. Uh, so the fifth one is called Coexistence of Animal Rights on Earth. And um, it's a large South Korean animal rights organization that promotes a cruelty-free lifestyle. Uh, as the largest animal rights organization in South Korea, the nonprofit actively seeks to raise awareness on numerous issues, including the dog meat trade. The organization often hosts demonstrations and lobbies the South Korean government for improvements to animal welfare legislation. So I think it's cool because I think like a lot of them just align with one another and like really put a lot of pressure and stuff like that. And even mm -hmm. when I was looking through like these different uh, organizations on the interwebs, like one of them, what was it called? Oh my goodness, I lost it now. I forget what the name of the group was, but um, it had Kim Basinger. So I wonder if that was like an initiative sort of like made from one of these groups that uses celebrities. Because oh, yeah. celebrities are, there's a lot of celebrities that are all about the animalias out there. Yeah, and they have a powerful voice. Yes, they do. If you can get a celeb on board with you, you're mm -hmm. good to go. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if anybody, you know, I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> if you are passionate about the dog meat industry, uh, you can either look to some of these organizations to rescue, or you can even just look to some of these organizations to donate and support. And like I mentioned, there's a variety of them out there. So take your pick. But um, it seems like they're doing good work. And it also, like I said, you know, some people feel strongly about it. Some people don't. It's like a multifactorial um, issue <laughs> when we talk about dog meat consumption. Yeah. Oh, one last thing that I'll mention. <laughs> There's this video game that my husband and I play sometimes called Fallout. And uh, it's like a post-apocalyptic like world. And you have to go on these missions and try to like scavenge for like different stuff. And in one of the games, there's like uh, a whole bunch of different games in the Fallout series, but in one of them, you meet a stray dog and you can choose to have him as your companion and he helps you like on your <laughs> little missions that you go on and stuff. And he's automatically named. You don't get to name him. And his name is Dogmeat. <laughs> Dogmeat? Yep. <laughs> we can we considered naming one of our dogs that when we got him. It was on the list of names to choose. Can you imagine? <laughs> dog hey, meat. <laughs> hey, dog meat. You having a good sleep there, dog Aww. meat? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's funny. Yes. <laughs> All right. Is that a wrap? Is that a wrap on the dog meat? <laughs> the dog meat? Yes. Wrap up your dog meat. <laughs> and join us next week on Let's Boop Snoop. Let's Boop Snoop. <laughs> Bye. Boop. Boop. <laughs>